It's a big divisional early game for the Baltimore Ravens as they face the Cincinnati Bengals in week two. We talk about who has to step up for the Ravens in order for them to get a win in Cincinnati. Coming up next here on Lockdown Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Ravens podcast. We're a daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, and I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here, making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. We're free and available all podcasting platforms. That includes over in video form on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Game Time. Down the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed you can find us over on youtube and audio form anywhere you get your podcast also on subtext if you want to subscribe over there for text updates exclusive content and more but the ravens have a big early divisional matchup week two mm-hmm. going to cincinnati taking on the cincinnati Bengals, and we have a very special guest here to break it all down it's my favorite intro hype man and of course <laughs> he provides that amazing ravens content to over on youtube and more places it's engraven vids and engraven i know that it was a an interesting week one for the Ravens. Mm. They come out with the yeah. win, but obviously injuries galore. How, how are you feeling on this team after that game? Oh man, what a what a tough way to win. Uh, because it's great, obviously first and foremost. That's what counts the most is the win. But all the injuries that they uh, got was it was rough, uh, brutal almost. Uh, J.K. Dobbins gone for the year. Marcus Williams, we, who knows how long he'll be out for, but it's going to be a while. Ronnie Stanley, Tyler Linderbaum, um, and it's like those are. Obviously, everybody on the 53 is significant, but those are some like really significant guys. You're, you're starting center, you're starting running back, you're starting left tackle, um, you're starting safety. That, that's some really big blows. So Ravens are something that we, we all talked about heading into this season that at, at a lot of different spots, the Ravens were sitting nice with depth and, and with quality depth. But now, like right away, uh, that depth is getting tested uh, from jump. Yeah, and we'll see how the injury report goes for the rest of the week and what Friday brings for the Ravens. But it doesn't necessarily feel super likely that a lot of these guys are going to play, especially not Marcus Williams, who John Harbaugh says is going to be out for a while, as you mentioned there in Raven. But there are a bunch of people left to step up. Cincinnati's a team that put up a clunker against the Browns in week one, falling to 0-1, Joe Burrow. Had, I believe, less total yards than Zay Flowers did. I think he had 82, and then Zay Flowers had the 78 receiving and then nine rushing. So Zay Flowers got the better of Joe Burrow there. But that we know that's not who Cincinnati is right. as a team. In week one, there's always some sort of sloppiness, and I think we know that in Graven with the 13 penalties the Ravens had in week one and the sloppiness we saw there. And I think that's where you got to start because we can talk about, oh, who's a player that's a step up? Lamar has to step up, you know, didn't have his strongest game. And sure, he made a couple of throws that weren't great. I think the decision-making on the interception wasn't wonderful. But, I mean, the offensive line engraving, we have to, I think, start there because Lamar was under pressure for a lot of the day. I don't think the offensive line had a great day as a whole. And you mentioned it with Ronnie Stanley, with Tyler Linderbaum going down. You're going to have to rely on a couple of guys. I think Patrick McCarry is solid. But where my mm-hmm. concern is, is on the interior with John Simpson, who had a decently rough day. Sam Mustafer, 
who was going to fill in for the Ravens, you know, who was the Ravens' best offensive lineman on Sunday in Tyra Linderbaum. So what do you think this Ravens offensive line has to do and, and how are you feeling about them going into week two where it's DJ Reader and Trey Hendrickson and a, a pretty good Bengals defensive front? Number 42. I think number 42 is going to be out there a lot. Uh, last year, he was out there a lot in the second. I mean, not last year, last week. He was out there a lot in the second half. But I think from the very beginning of this game uh, on Sunday, I think Patrick Ricard uh, is going to be really important to what the Baltimore Ravens do. Um, and with Patrick Ricard, uh, him, just his role on this team is very versatile. And it's crazy because he was somebody that I initially thought could be a surprise roster cut. Um, but he obviously stuck around and it, he's proven his worth already in just one game alone with how things changed in the second half with all the injuries and with just the Texans pass rush that was getting there like literally all day. Well, all first half and then things slowed down a bit in the second half. Um, so it's going to be big. Uh, like you mentioned, Patrick McCary, the fact that he has a lot uh, of starting experience, unfortunately, due to injury, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, he has a lot of starting experience in, in Mustafa. Um, him just filling in that role for Tyler Linderbaum uh, is going to be big. But now I think going into this game, uh, since they'll know because yeah, Linderbaum and Ronnie Stanley most likely won't play. We'll see, but they most likely won't play. But that will help Makari and Mosifer be that much more prepared because they'll know going into the game, like, all right, I'm starting at center. All right, I'm starting at left tackle. However the Ravens do the offensive line, uh, they'll have that knowledge moving forward. Like, all right, I'm the starter this week, and they'll prepare as starters and be running with the first team and whatnot. So they'll be able to sort of try to build that rapport throughout the week in practice. So that'll help them out a lot. And one thing kind of sticking with the offensive line, or at least how they're going to try to protect Lamar, is I think at the tight end position, we're still obviously waiting for the official word that Mark Andrews is either going to play or not. I think it looks better for him than it does some of the other guys. Quads can be weird in Graven when it comes to getting fully back on the field. So for guys like Isaiah Likely and Charlie Kohler, who I think struggled a little bit in week one with a couple of different things, those guys are going to have to step up because it's not like if Mark Andrews comes back, it's going to be 100% Mark Andrews. He's the only tight end on the field. We know that's not mm -hmm. how the Ravens work. And while it's not going to be the Roman tight end personnel usage that we saw, they're still going to have those guys out there on the field. So for me, at least, I think that likely and Kohler are two guys that everybody talks about Andrews. And if he's back, yeah, it, it helps the Ravens offense a ton. Yeah. But likely and Kohler are some of those like underrated X factors that struggled in week one and hopefully can bounce back in week two. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I really thought that with Isaiah likely, I thought we were going to hear from him more, see him more. But it was a pretty quiet game for me. I think he just had one catch for maybe like four yards. Um, and then Charlie Kohler, he had that that drop. Um, so we didn't really see much from them. Um, but with with Mark Andrews, yeah, like you mentioned, the quad injury is tricky. Uh, it's very who knows how it's going to be. Um, and yeah, like you also talked about, it could be if he comes back, it, it could be a limited amount of snaps for him. Uh, he may not be the Mark Andrews of old quite yet. Uh, we hope that he is and we hope that he comes back. But we just got to be patient for whenever he does. So as far as the tight ends. Um, I would hope that they find different ways to get those tight ends involved uh, just to really boost their confidence, too, uh, because of week one, they I mean, they kind of laid a dud almost. Uh, so hopefully moving forward, both like whether Mark Andrews plays or not, um, but especially if he doesn't, hopefully they can get the tight ends a lot more involved than they were last week. Yeah, I 100 percent agree with that. And I know with that comes both in the run game and in the pass game when you're talking about run blocking and then obviously catching passes for those tight ends. But. Let's move to the run game in Graven, where the Ravens lost J.K. Dobbins. I mean, you just have to feel so terribly for him after mm -hmm. everything that he's been through over the past now three seasons for the Ravens. But 
for Baltimore moving forward. You know, it's going to be the Gus Edwards show with Justice Hill in there as well. Melvin Gordon, I'm sure, is going to get some work in there too. Now, the Ravens as a whole on Sunday running the ball wasn't necessarily the best day on the ground, at least from a pure stats perspective, only 3.4 yards per carry on the ground. You know, JK had 2.8 yards per carry. Justice Hill, eight carries for nine yards. It, also, it almost reminds me of Raven of last season when Mike Davis had like four carries for like two yards in week two or something. Now, the players are better. Like you'd rather have just Justice Hill and Gus Edwards out there. Right. When you're talking about stepping up running back wise, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill are the two guys that are going to have to be those big time running backs in J.K. Dobbins in the place for him. So how are you feeling about those two and what they can bring moving forward for a full season now that Dobbins is gone? I think that the experience helps. It helps so much because this is one of those things where they can say, I been there, done that. Um, Gus Edwards has a lot of starting experience. A lot of times he's, of course, shared the workload uh, and he will continue to share the workload with Justice Hill. Um, but I would expect it to be more of uh, Gus Edwards uh, moving forward, a lot more of Gus Edwards. Uh, during the preseason, uh, there was a lot of Justice Hill, a lot more Justice Hill than Gus Edwards. Um, so I was kind of wondering, like, hold up, is are they trying to let us know something that maybe uh, is, is going to be Justice Hill up after J.K. Dobbins? Uh, and we'll, the only time we'll tell this is to be determined. But um, those guys, since they've been there, done that, uh, ever since they've been on the Ravens, they've had times where they've had to carry the load a little bit more. Uh, so I think it'll just be a continuation of that. And then when you have Melvin Gordon, uh, who's expected to get some more playing time or some playing time now, too, uh, with J.K. Dobbins out, He's obviously been a starter in this league. He's been a starter in the league for a long time for a couple of different teams with the Chargers and the Broncos, too. Uh, so that helps. That experience helps. Now, hopefully he doesn't bring the fumbles when he does get his playing time. But uh, Melvin Gordon, minus the fumbles, he has been a very productive running back. So we hope that we can get that out of him when he does uh, step up to the plate. Yeah, and I think with this team in Graven, you got to talk always about Lamar. I mentioned it a little earlier, but Lamar is somebody that, the whole team rides on his shoulders. That's mm -hmm. those are the expectations for him. He's that good of a player, that good of a quarterback. And I think we saw some of the potential of him in this Todd Munkin offense, but week one, new offensive system, new weapons. It was bound to be a little sloppy. I think the expectations on the offense were a little higher early in the season than maybe yeah. they should have been. And that's fine because everybody's super excited for it. But what are you expecting from Lamar in week two based off what you saw in week one? Uh, just taking better care of the ball. Um, the pressure and with that interception that he threw and on the pass intended for Zay Flowers, uh, he had a guy wrapped around his leg. So that pressure, it forced him into a bad throw, a uh, bad decision. Um, and I think that he just, with that pressure, just didn't get to put as much zip on the ball as he would have uh, had he not had the pressure. Um, but really holding on to the ball because the two fumbles, they is just like, they were inexcusable. Um, and that can change games as we all know. Uh, as Lamar Jackson just recently talked about, uh, gave us a nice reminder of that, um, a, that excuse me, the uh, the playoff game last last year against the Bengals, uh, where a fumble just turned everything around. And it was a fumble by the quarterback. Uh, but he just got to take, take care of the ball. Uh, that's really it. And, and I think that'll come with more rapport with his guys. Uh, he hasn't, or he hadn't before last week, played football since like late November, early December of last year. Uh, and this and with him and a lot of starters not playing in the preseason, uh, it, they, they looked the way that they looked. Uh, it was rough, uh, but it is very promising 
for this offense as a whole that they looked as rough as they did. They had all the penalties that they did. They had the, the sloppy moments that they did. And they still put up 25 points. And they missed a lot of opportunities. So with them having missed a lot of opportunities and still putting up 25 points, for me, that says a lot about what they can be uh, moving forward. Yeah, and I know a lot of people in Graven with that game were saying, well, why why didn't they put up 40? It's the Texans, you know. It's, it's, <laughs> and I say, look, that I, I get it. It's probably one of their easier matchups on paper, but mm-hmm. that's an NFL football team over there. Right. And I always say there are no easy wins, even though some people do say there are, but they're not. You got to go prepare. You got to go execute. If you don't execute, you know, the first half in Graven was seven to six. Like the Texans came to play. Now the Ravens mm-hmm. adjusted. I think we saw some nice offensive in-game adjustments from Todd Munkin. I know a lot right. of people were very happy to see that after a, a lack of that over the last couple of seasons with, with yeah. a certain offensive coordinator. But I still think it's it's it was very nice to see, and hopefully the offense will continue to just settle it. And I think it's going to be a process to settle in. They'll look better and better each week, hopefully. But we'll get back to them in the final segment. Coming up in the second part of the show, we're diving into defensive keys and other players on that side of the ball who have to step up. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot to get to still here on Locked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. And there are so many different times when people can be stressed out trying to buy tickets, whether you're trying to find them last minute, if you're hunting down the best price, or competing with other buyers for a pack of their event. Buying tickets to your favorite event should not be stressful. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. And for the Ravens, obviously they're traveling to Cincinnati to play in week two, but you can get back in on the action in the next home game. So be sure to check out game time for that. And they have a lot of good things over on the Game Time app. It's a really good experience. They have flash deals and last-minute tickets. It's also easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They have images of seat views and the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. So forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always have the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110%. Of a difference is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. So that the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code Lockdown NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back. Our second segment of Lockdown Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with Ingraven Vids and Ingraven, while the offense had their growing pains, I think the defense, while there were a couple of areas you'd like to see improve, I thought they had a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Overall, Roquan Smith was beasting out there with 16 total tackles, and Patrick Queen had another 11. Brandon Stevens was all over the field, and then Ronald Darby, who they brought in, he ended up having a really nice game, and def- definitely in terms of tackling as well. But although the Texans are an NFL team, I don't think they have the firepower that the Bengals do on the offensive side of the ball with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon, et cetera. So it's going to be a different type of challenge. And again, we all know the Bengals did not play very well in week one, but this is a team that is probably very angry about how they played. They want to get back and it's a big division game for Baltimore. So on the defensive side of the ball, and you're talking about positions or players that need to step up, where do you kind of go first with that? Hmm. Um, just getting ready to go against, yeah, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, like all the, everybody that you mentioned, uh, the secondary. 
Um, and just really the defense as a whole. I think one of the things that I saw that I really loved on a couple of different plays last week, uh, one of them was Ronald Darby, uh, and another one was Malik Harrison. They made some of my favorite plays last week on defense because they were open field tackles. It was just Ronald Darby and the, I think it was, it was either receiver or running back, and it was Malik Harrison, and I think it might have been a quarterback or the running back, but they were just one-on-one, and it was up to them to stop, the, and they did uh, so going against the Bengals, like we know from experience, uh, if you don't wrap up and t- that that can turn the 12 yard play into a 60 some yard play just like that. So if Ravens can keep that up just on defense as a whole, the open field tackle, just the tackling as a whole, uh, that can make such a big difference. But speaking about players specifically, uh, Jadavian Clowney. Um, Jadavion Clowney, he did have a good game uh, last week. He got some pressure, but he just, I feel like he had the sort of Adafi away effect because Adafi away, he'll get pressure and he'll be close, but he just won't always finish. And that's what happened to Jadavion Clowney twice last week. Um, And Adafi away sometimes too. So I I, I would say those two from jump. Um, And again, they didn't have bad games. They both had good games. They were winning against the the, the, uh, the offensive linemen and whatnot, and especially Adafi away because he was out there a lot more. Um, but really just a pass rush as a whole because you saw it from the Browns last week. I mean, even Miles Garrett, he had so much confidence going against that offensive lineman. He's over there doing a basketball move before he rushed <laughs> the pass and whatnot. Complete disrespect, which I loved it. But if Ravens could get on that level as far as having that confidence against Bengals offensive linemen, it, it can do wonders because I, Joe Burrow has some of the best weapons in the NFL. But if he doesn't have time to throw to those weapons, then that can neutralize them a lot. Uh, and this game, it might be a little bit personal for the Ravens, a little bit, because the Bengals got Orlando Brown Jr. So if the Ravens could get the best of him, they, they know all about Orlando Brown Jr. They know his strengths, his weaknesses and whatnot. Um, so if they can take advantage of that, it can it can go a, a super long way and just add a little extra salt to this game, which I would appreciate. Yeah, and you know, I feel like in Raven, the, the Ravens and Bengals rivalry has definitely grown over mm-hmm. these last few seasons. And I know the fan bases certainly take that rivalry and, and they wear <laughs> it on their sleeve. So it, it's definitely something that, you know, the Ravens and Steelers rivalry, I think, has grown into a rivalry still, but with a lot of respect for both teams and the fit and, and when you still don't like the Steelers, right? That's what it is. But the Bengals, I just feel like there's like a hate, like people just do not like the Bengals and Bengals do not like the Ravens. And I think we've seen that chippiness kind of carry over to the field for both mm-hmm. these teams. So we'll see how it goes. But I love the point you made about Jadavian Clowney and Adafi Oh, and maybe not showing up in the box score a lot, but still making an impact because right. I feel like for edge rushers and pass rushers, I feel like their success is measured by the box score. Where it's if they don't have sacks and they're not making an impact. If they don't have 10 sacks in a season, they're not good. Jadavian Clowney has sometimes struggled with consistency pass production-wise over the course of his career. Mm-hmm. But he's been a very consistent edge setter, a good right. run stuffer. Mm-hmm. And someone that we saw in week one step up to the challenge and have a really good game despite only having one tackle. It was one of the Ravens' mm-hmm. best defensive players, only had one tackle on the field. So I, I love that point because I think that players like that are underappreciated because they don't have 10 tackles in the game. So mm-hmm. that was a good point you made there. But I think also in Graven with Cincinnati, Marcus Williams being out, mm. you got to rely on a guy like Geno Stone now. And Geno Stone is going to be a player that I think gets a very big snap count share. 
We'll see if Teron mm-hmm. Harmon gets caught up this week. You know, he just signed, so I'm not sure. And if he get did get caught up, I'm not sure what his role would be just coming off the practice squad and just signing with the team. But I think this is a big Geno Stone week in terms of him stepping up and just making sure that he's in the right places and filling that Marcus Williams void. So I know there is a, a drop-off from Marcus Williams to Geno Stone, but how confident are you in Stone to step up and make some plays? I really like Geno Stone. Um, I think the only thing that's held Geno Stone back uh, from really taking it to the next level uh, is just the opportunity. Because uh, whenever he's been on the Ravens, uh, it's always been somebody in front of him at safety. Uh, that's been pretty good. Uh, so now, uh, unfortunately, with the injury to Marcus Williams, Geno Stone has an opportunity. He has an opportunity to start and probably start for a while uh, for however long Marcus Williams is out for and really establish himself uh, consistently in the NFL. Because there have been times where he would get in here and there and whatnot. He may start here, there, whatnot, but it was never consistently. But now, yeah, he's really going to be out there a lot. So um, I, I expect good stuff from Geno Stone. I don't expect him to be all pro or get five, six, seven picks, anything like that. But I, I think that he will fill in for Marcus Williams nicely. He ain't going to be Marcus Williams, but I think he'll fill in nicely and really establish himself as a starter uh, for a future team. Yeah, I, I agree. And there are a lot of those guys who are either in contract years or big prove-it years. One of those guys in a contract year is Justin Matabike and Graven, who I thought had a really good game on Sunday against Houston on that defensive front. And the Bengals' offensive line struggled. Now, you mentioned they the Browns have some good players over there, Miles Garrett being one of them. But while the Ravens don't necessarily have that, that name value, and while Miles uh-huh. Garrett is certainly – one of the best, if not the best defenders in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Ravens do have some players on that defensive front that could wreak some havoc if the Bengals offensive line again struggles. It's not like the Bengals offensive line can get away scot-free if they make some mistakes. The Ravens will make them pay for that. And I think Matabike is one of those guys who is kind of figured a little bit more out each season and now comes into a contract year and, and started off the season strong. So on that defensive front, how do you feel like the Ravens will do and who do you want to see step up? Mm. Yeah, Matabike will be a big one um, because I feel like with Matabike, like this year, he got a lot of extra motivation because he just looked at the guy right next to him uh, just get a nice contract, uh, Broderick Washington. Uh, so he's got to be looking at that like, okay, hey, I'm happy for Broderick, but I want to be happy for myself too. And I, I love when fans talk about, oh, man, this guy, he only stepped it up because it was his contract year. Well, I mean, OK. And I mean, wouldn't you want to step it up if you know you can get a big raise coming up? So um, I, I'm looking forward to Matabike just making that jump. Now there's no Calais Campbell there. Um, so Matabike has even more of an opportunity. Uh, Michael Pierce. Uh, Michael Pierce, who I, I, I forget about him a lot, especially this offseason, because my focus has been so high. Might have beat Gabe, Broderick Washington, and whatnot, Travis Jones. But, yeah, he missed a lot of last year with injury, but he's healthy too. So just really that the entire interior defensive line, um, because when quarterbacks, when they get pressure from the outside, they can step up. They can step up in the pocket or whatnot, maybe evade some defenders that way. But when it's coming straight up the middle, that makes it that much harder. And you want to do everything that you can to make Joe Burrow's job that much harder. So if Justin Matabike could just put in a little extra practice, put in a little extra time at the weight room this week to deal with uh, that Bengals interior offensive line, just to move them to the side on his way to Joe Burrow, no problem. Yeah, I, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Ravens put pressure on Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is slippery. 
He's escaped mm-hmm. multiple sacks, you know, throughout his career playing the Ravens. We've seen him do it. And we're just like, come on. And that's something that has to get better for the Ravens in general in Graven is they have missed. I don't even want to know how many sacks over the last Ooh. three, yeah. four, five seasons. The tackling has gotten better as a whole from where we were a couple of years ago. But uh, the sack missing has not. So that to me needs the, especially when you have an opportunity, especially the Spangles team can beat you if you don't get the sacks down. So mm-hmm. you got to be able to get it. Other players who I think, you know, big step up time for them are Darius Washington, who I thought had a pretty good game in week one. He, him in the slot covering some of those Bengals receivers, obviously Ronald Darby and Brandon Stevens. And if Rakyasin plays him as well. And then, the you know, David Ajabo had a strip sack on Joe Burrow in the week. What was a week? 17 game week 18 game they played last season it was his first career tackle yeah, strip sack mm-hmm. on Joe Burrow. so mm-hmm. i think for the ravens they have all these players that can step we don't have to talk about roquan or patrick queen who both play great kyle hamilton i guess is a guy who could step up as well and then mm. make some plays in that secondary but coming up in the final part of the show we'll talk about keys to this game if the ravens can best the Bengals in final final score predictions i'm sure to stay tuned for that plan to get to unlocked on ravens but first this show is sponsored by better help and there are plenty of times in people's lives when you might be up thinking about thoughts or thoughts are racing through your mind. You wake up early and also those thoughts could prevent you from being able to enjoy your life. Do you ever find that you're just trying to fall asleep and your brain suddenly won't stop talking? Do your thoughts start racing before bed or other inopportune moments? And there are so many moments when that can happen. Just when you're not even thinking about it, all of a sudden you start thinking about things. It turns out, though, one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. And there are so many benefits of therapy and so many have benefited from it, such as learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, you can become the best version of yourself as well. And it's not just for those who have experienced major trauma, it's for everyone. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with licensed therapists and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. We are back rounding out this Purple Friday edition of LockedOn Ravens Week 2 style within Graven Vids. I am Kevin Ostriker. And in Graven, there's a point I want to ask you about that I think is very interesting in terms of maybe why this Ravens offense started slow and then what it could mean for this game. Now, Judge Rebeck kind of hinted at the fact that maybe the Ravens offense started slow because they were holding some stuff back to get right for these divisional games. And I guess that is a very clear tribute to the vault that Greg Roman very so clearly said, because you want to keep some stuff in and then let it all out sometimes for these big divisional matchups. And Mm -hmm. I know Todd Munkin has some stuff in his vault, that he's waiting to unleash. But what did you see from that offense in week one that makes you encouraged for week two that they can add even more? Because I like the tempo that they had. I like the adjustments that were made. And I think it was a pretty clear difference from the first half to the second half. So what do you think they can take away from that into this week? Uh, Lamar throwing that ball downfield. Um, He had some really nice throws to uh, Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr. uh, down the field. And just I I like the fact that they were using all of the field too. Um, sometimes he would throw it to a back. Sometimes he would throw it short. He may have to scramble a little bit, throw it to a tight end. Uh, or that on that uh, where Rashad Bateman had come, came back for the ball um, and then got a little bit of yak. So just have, throwing that ball all over the field and really using the entire field from sideline to sideline uh, with the passing game, that's important. Um, and, and, and if they can capitalize on that, 
And like we talked about earlier, just just clean up the, the sloppy stuff. And that'll happen over time. It'll get better and better over time. Um, but just really the the yak too. The yak can go such a long way. I mean, we <laughs> Zay Flowers is crazy, man. I, I don't know how he does it. Uh, my favorite play from him last week was when he caught the ball and he, he just spun. He did a spin move and it was just so smooth and so fast all at the same time. And I'm like, man, how do, how do you have that such control over your body to do that that fast too? Um, it was just amazing to see. And they obviously love Zay Flowers because they fed him a lot. Um, and he showed them why he should be fed. Uh, so if they can just keep that up, and because they just showed so much promise last week on offense, even though it was sloppy, even though it left uh, some more that we would have liked uh, to see out there, they can they can hang with these Bengals, man. They really can. I, I think they can too. In these AFC North games, engraving, they're always gritty, they're always tough, they're always mm-hmm. close. And these are two talented offenses that I think both started a, a little sloppy in Week One. Now the Ravens, I think got it together. The Bengals just had a very <laughs> bad day for the full 60 minutes uh, on both sides of the ball. The Deshaun Watson did miss some throws that I think helped out that Bengals defense a little. But regardless, the Zay Flowers effect is real. And I mm-hmm. 100% agree with you where he is somebody that is so hard to cover one-on-one. And that's the thing to me where you go back to the offensive line. If you just give Lamar time and give Zay Flowers time to get out of his break, to finish his route, he's going to be open probably 60, 75% of the time on those routes if he is covered one-on-one because he's that good of a route runner. My, my favorite thing engraving about Zay is the fact that most receivers have to, when they break down, they have to you know slow down and stop a little bit and cut and go. Zay Flowers just does it in all one motion. There's no slowing down. There's no stopping. He just up, boom, and that's it. Like there's, there's no hesitation from him. And that's one of the things that makes him so hard to cover. So for these Bengals corners, they're, they're going to have to figure it out. Now, there's no Eli Apple in Cincinnati anymore. So they're, they're, that that story point narrative is out. But the Ravens will see him in uh, Miami later in the season. But I think on defense, when talking about what has to happen, mm. just making Joe Burrow uncomfortable, and that is Mike McDonald in this mm-hmm. Ravens defense. I think the Ravens played the Bengals really well last season in the two yeah. games that counted, which was week five in the wild card game. Now the Ravens beat the Bengals in the wild card game. And if you remember engraven Joe Burrow was playing really well up to that point. And I remember I had him as my dynasty quarterback and he was like, every week he was getting me like 30 points and 35 points. But then Mike McDonald comes out and he's like two high shell looks with safeties and just Joe Burrow could not get anything against the Ravens defense. And then in the wild card game, Joe Burrow still struggled. And, and, you know, I talked with Locked On Bengals yesterday for yesterday's show, and they mm-hmm. they kept saying, you know, Mike McDonald, Mike McDonald had done a great job against Joe Burrow. And that was one of the keys for them. I think it's one of the keys for me, too, because I think one of the MVPs for the Ravens this past season or this last season when playing the Bengals was Mike McDonald and his defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, with, with Joe Burrow, is Mike McDonald's job is, is tough, but uh, he's shown that he can do it. Um, that's why it gives me a lot of confidence for this game because we've seen it already. Uh, we, we've seen it with a Ravens team last year uh, without Lamar Jackson that it came down to the very wire. It came down to the wire. It came down to the very end. Uh, and if it wasn't for <laughs> crucial mistake, a heartbreaking mistake, then who knows how it could have been. But now you have Mike McDonald with another year of NFL experience as a defensive coordinator, another offseason as a defensive coordinator with the Baltimore Ravens. 
um, and another year of film and all that and with against Joe Burrow. And, and even just last week, looking to see, okay, this is what worked. Again. Oh, okay, I like, oh, this is what worked too? Oh, okay, oh, well, maybe this didn't work. Too. Oh, but this works, okay. Noted. So with Mike McDonald, it's going to be nice to, to, to see exactly how he unleashes, who he unleashes uh, against Bengals' offensive line and just the offense as a whole to see how he tries to take away, who he tries to really take away the most. I mean, I would expect it to be Jamar Chase uh, and T. Higgins. Um, and just really how he uses these different Ravens defenders, uh, whether Rocky Seen maybe gets some more playing time as a starter or whatnot, uh, whether they move Kyle Hamilton around, uh, how they have Geno Stone dropping back, uh, Patrick Queen going to be blitzing like crazy on his old teammate, just – he got some nice pieces on defense, even without Marlon Humphrey. But he 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 still got some ability to really make this thing happen, man. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think, you know, you can't discount the injuries and who the Ravens are missing or are going to be missing in this game. But there's no doubt that Mike McDonald, still with injuries last season, was still able to go out there and put up really solid performances against Joe Burrow and those Bengals. But all right, Engraven, let's get into the, the prediction time cool. here. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a close game. I think when you're talking about a final, final prediction, you got to take a lot into account. But there's, mm -hmm. there's one thing that's for sure. If the Ravens beat the Bengals on Sunday and put them in an 0-2 hole and go to 0-2, put the Bengals to 0-2 and, and the Ravens go to 2-0, it'd just be, it'd be so good, so big for the Ravens early in the season. It's such a yeah. big opportunity for them. Mm -hmm. Do you think they'll capitalize? Mm. Wow. I, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, yeah. And I'm going to say, I know these are two slightly different teams, um, but I'm going to say, yeah, because they were very close last year. Uh, they played their hearts out against these Bengals last year, um, especially in that playoff game. But they didn't have Lamar. So I think now with Lamar, with a better offense, offensive line may not be as good. We'll see. It's to be determined. But um, with Lamar Jackson, I think he makes a big difference. I think Ravens take this. I'm going to say 27-24. Say Ravens win on a field goal in overtime. I, I like that. And whenever you can take Justin Tucker, you do it. So I, I like that there, <laughs> Engraven. For me, again, my, my prediction yesterday on yesterday's show was Bengals 31-27. to But I like to take the, the whole week to give a final, final prediction. I like to okay. go through everything. And I did that. And it was the Ravens the whole time. I'm, I'm going Ravens. And that to me is because some of the stuff you mentioned, but also I just expect a better game from the offense. Now, offensive line mm -hmm. is still a huge concern of mine. Yep. I, I don't know how it's going to go. If the Ravens offensive line cannot block for Lamar, it's going to be so tough for them to get a lot going. They're going to have to, again, bring 42 over, Patrick Ricard, as you talked about, and also put check down options out there. But Against the Bengals team, Joe Burrow with the calf injury. I don't think he's 100% right now, and it's early in the season. The offense is still trying to iron out some of those wrinkles, especially on offense for the offensive line of Cincinnati, which, again, really struggled. Do the Ravens have Miles Garrett? No, they do not have Miles Garrett. But I still think they have solid players. So I think it's going to be a close game, a tight game. I'm going to go 23-22, one-point win for the Ravens is my final, final okay. prediction. I think I think I overshot it points-wise. These divisional games are always so, so weird when it comes mm -hmm. to points, and I think it's going to be another one of those sloppy games. But my final, final prediction is the Ravens 23 to 22. But Engraven, I always appreciate your time. I always enjoy talking with you. Thank you so much for coming on and joining me and talking Ravens. Please tell people where they can find you and what you're working on. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me as always, KO. Uh, you can find me on Engraven Vids where we talk about Ravens 
probably 25, eight, because uh, it's more than every single day. Uh, and then also for just our general NFL content where we cover whatever's happening around the entire league, uh, you can subscribe to the channel called More Engraving Fits. So, again, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you as always. And, yeah, we'll, we'll run this again soon, too. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to it for more Ravens and NFL content. Be sure to check out Engraven. His links will be in the description below. And if you want five-day-a-week Ravens content from this show, be sure to subscribe, follow along in audio form here. If you want to subscribe on subtext also, it's a text format where you get you know exclusive content, text one-on-one conversations. It's really fun. So YouTube, audio form, subtext, be sure to get in on all that here on Locked on Ravens. That's all I have for you here today, though, on Locked on Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back here on Sunday, it'll be after the game. We'll be doing a live stream talking about what happened in that Ravens and Bengals game. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here soon on Locked on Ravens.